Good morning. You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. All right, welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. We're with Codal Banker Seawert Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. That is correct. Oh it, my goodness, a lot snowed. of fun. Yeah, okay. Got a lot of things going on here. It snowed. It did. I enjoyed the snow. It was fun. We watched it come down in the big fluffy flakes. We went, we shoveled. It was magical. It was glorious. And then it all melted. Just as it's meant to. It's almost like spring came early as well. I know. But I do have to say the last couple of days with the little bit of wind we've had, it has sound like the last little bit of leaves that are out there hit the house like little tiny daggers. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is. It, the leaves and the wind are quite rough and they're hitting the house and making some really unique noises. So what are we talking about today? Real estate? Real estate. We got a lot of things to cover in this first hour. So I know that you've got the statistics for last month. So why don't we dive into that, or did you want to tackle something else first? Well, let's do local stuff first, local statistics. Oh, okay. Are, are you in? Are you ready? Oh, no, because I didn't know which way we were going. Okay, so then let's do state stuff then first to fill in the gap. Okay, because so I just need a couple clickety clicks. We do have um, sales numbers for October here in the... Uh, the middle of the month of November. Right now, it is the 18th of November. So depending on when you're listening to this, things, you know, might be added to or not. It might be a different month altogether, but let's go with October sales. So home sales numbers uh, in, across the state, 8,524 units were sold. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's quite a few houses. Um, if we look back this time, a decade ago, so in 2011, October had 4,420. So like half. So we've doubled the amount of homes sold across the state in, per October in 10 years. Oh, wow. Right. And now, now it's not just a jump. I mean, it's been steadily increasing. And of course, some months we've had higher sales than others. Um, but we're, we're starting to get on track with the plateau, like we've been saying, mm-hmm. um, things are starting to settle down, taper off. And I believe that's happening really across the country too. It is. So let's see for statewide median price, $245,000. That's not too bad. And that's about on par where we've been pretty much all year, um, our high was like 250,000 and our low was 215 in the winter. Okay. As as we started the year. And compared to last year, we're still up. Um I think last year's high was 235,000 as a median price. All right. So sales prices are going up, sales numbers are going up, but everything's really really moderating. So again, if we talk about that plateau, you know, it's it's really like holding off as far as the market overall. We can look at this year's median price numbers and go from April at 235,000, May was 246, June was 256, July was 250, August was 250. September was 245 and October was 245,000. Okay. So it it's not like a huge peak up and then dip down. Right. You know, so things have become a lot more leveled off, a lot more consistent than what we had seen in the past couple of years. Correct. So I think that bodes well. Um, you know, and we keep talking a lot of people are are thinking there's going to be a huge crash. And the floor is just going to drop out, and every house that's a hundred thousand dollars is going to be worth fifty. Right. But it it's not what happened in two thousand eight. Um, it was you know really a lot of people had a lot of economists had just said that it was a market adjustment up to where it should have been anyway because two thousand eight stifled us. 
So that was statewide. Now we can look at the at the county. Okay. So October sales in Wood County, 121, which is the highest number of units that we've sold this year and since August of 2018. Yep. Uh, 2018 was 131. And let's see, June of 2017 was 139. So those were the two highest sales units. And that was before a lot of the really housing crunch came in. So Wood County is just, I mean, we've only got 72,000 residents. Right. You know, so it's it's a small sampling and it's very different from like Dane and the other metro areas. Um, but let's go to median price because that's the other. And this is still in Wood County. Still Wood County alone. Um, median price in October was $140,000. So that's down a little bit from the previous months. Um, we can go back and take a look through the springtime. Let's see, March was 132. April was 143. May was 154. June, 165. July and August, 175. September was 150. And now October is 140,000. So a little bit of a seasonal... Fluctuation. Sl- slow down a little bit, right? So, and, and that's, again, because... October had the highest unit sales. So you have, it's, it's a statistical thing, right? The, the more units you have, the more numbers are looking when you look at, you know, averages and medians. But that's why we look at the median price in the middle and not the average price overall. It gives more of a, a representative sampling of the median price being the, the middle of the road. So it's it's all a good sign. Again, you know, showing leveling off and steadily increasing prices that aren't skyrocketing and aren't falling either. Right. So this is good stuff. So what do we have currently active in our local area market? Right. So local area, we're looking at 41 homes. That are active and we can go and visit right now. And write an offer. And on. write an offer. That's the important part, guys. You know, write offers on the houses that you see. <laughs> Okay. So under a hundred thousand, we've got thirteen homes available. Well, that's pretty good, right? So we've got some. Um, one of them happens to be our listing over on Fifth Street South, and that one is a great starter home. Okay. So there's we're looking at three bedrooms. There's like a bonus room that's in this house. You get two on top of it. So uh, this is a really cute home and is just waiting for its next homeowner. All right. So under 100000 a lot of affordable prices. Mm-hmm. So if we went from that 100000 and we're going to go up to 150 So up to $150,000. Yeah, we're looking at nine. Okay. And that's quite a popular price range as well. Right. So even though if there's nine currently, I'm sure a lot of those are, are fairly new to the market, probably only been on about a week or so. Right. So, you know, definitely got some, some room in that activity, in that activity area. So um, let's take her all the way up to 200. So 150 to 200,000. Two. And that's an extremely popular range as well. Right. So this would be like the, where we were starting to see more bedrooms, maybe some land attached to the house. So right now we're at two, between 150 and 200,000. We're, we're kind of seeing that, that middle of the road there of 153 to like 180,000 or so is extraordinarily popular because you get a whole lot of house and pretty good finishings. For the, the money and for the resale, it really holds its value. Mm-hmm. Um, so our next bracket up from 200 to 275, we've got eight. And that's a pretty good, pretty big bracket. Right. And again, we're looking at those bigger homes with some land attached to them as well. Or they might be in a better location, a more desirable location. 
So a, a neighborhood that people might think was, you know, more beneficial, maybe they're closer to parks or water features, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then so from 275 on up to the highest price range, we've got 10. 10. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what's the highest price? Our highest price is going to be 549900 So half million dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there a day on market indicator there? The average days on market for that category? Um, let's see if I have that on there. We're looking at 108 days. Okay. So the average days on market for, you know, what we would consider in this area to be more of a luxury price range is about half a year. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, that's fairly common of what we feel with that market to get the, uh, you know, the house out there and kind of marketed toward those, those buyers and where they're located. Right. Sometimes these are in these higher price range. These are going to be especially market homes mm-hmm. where it's going to take the right buyer to to write an offer on it. So, you know, it could be that it's got the acreage plus a bunch of buildings and maybe it's a smaller house, but it's got the acreage and buildings or it's the bigger home with less acreage. But it all kind of depends on what you're really looking for in those price ranges. And we see some unique designs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, usually people who have that amount of money to spend are going to build or model their house how they want it. Right. So there's going to be a lot of custom built homes mm-hmm. for the original owner. So a new owner coming in, just like in any case, I mean, they're all custom built homes, but they're going to be looking at, okay, the trim. You know, is the trim completely finished off? Does it have the marble? Does it have the granite countertops? What higher end amenities does this house have? Right. And perhaps the amenities that it does have, and we talk about this a lot in this, the staged and styled sort of mentality. I mean, you know, we were talking with Renee mm-hmm. not too long ago, and the finishes might be a bit dated. They were top of the line and really elegant 40 years ago, but Perhaps the house, I mean, it's it's well-crafted, but it just doesn't speak to a really modern buyer. Right. So, yeah, it, it's housing is really interesting. It is. It's it one, is. One, Very much so. One of my favorite parts, and I think it's kind of yours too, is to see different architectural styles and how people, you know, live and, and place things in their house and design their house. And I'm always a big fan of the old Victorian homes. Mm-hmm. I love those. Those are always quite nice. I think it's really... I've yet to live in one, but I like them. Yeah. So the the house that's over 100 years old, it's got a lot of unique um, challenges. We call them gently used homes. Yes. And that's why we're also a, a proponent of maintaining your house. And if you have troubles with maintaining your house, finding professionals who can help you. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, we do have some, you know, connections and we can provide lists of, you know, vendors in the area to help people with that as well. So if you're if you're new to the area, definitely give us a holler and we can kind of help you sort through the uh the options and you know, because we know um certain maybe HVAC contractors don't do certain types of uh or certain styles of heating or cooling and, and whatnot. Right. You know. Some might employ an electrician that, you know, we've dealt with before and others don't and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else we got going on? Well, that kind of brings us to the end of the market part of things, unless there's more for you to add. Not really. I'm just excited that it's still a very active fall. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I mean, we've had listings come on. Um, we, we've been pretty active with our personal listings that are you know, coming to, to us, challenging us to market to the masses. So that's, mm-hmm. that's exciting. And really even throughout our firm, you know, we've seen quite a few listings. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the, we can do a, a house update here. Oh yes. What's been happening at our house? Because we've been doing a lot of fun things or mm-hmm. a lot of exciting things have been going around. Um, we got a new electrical service. Right. We, uh, 
met Econ Electric over at Chai Home and Essential Home Improvements. There you go. Yeah. Chai. Um, Chicago Home Improvements? No, no, no. Central Home Improvements. Central Home Improvements. Chai their, for short. Their Home Expo. Mm-hmm. Right. We were a vendor and a couple booths down was Econ Electric. Yep. So we were able to talk with Dell over there and um, we kind of looked at our electrical service as how can we improve it? We didn't want to look at it as what is wrong with our service. We just wanted to look at it how can we improve it. And so we found some very unique ways to improve it. So we went from, what, 100 amp? A, one, a 100 amp, amp Cutler Hammer um, panel. And, okay. And talking with the tech who was here, he was actually really impressed that we had the quality of service installation, uh, uh, wiring and, and all that jazz. For being a home built in 1963. All right. So our Romex style conductor wiring, um, they bought the best that they could when they they did the house. Excellent. Good to know that. Mm-hmm. So that makes me a little bit more confident about the wiring that's behind our walls. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you start thinking of a house that's a few cycles of technology before where we currently are. You know, is it starting to degrade and wear down? But well, the concern we little bit we had a little bit was a couple of weeks ago when we were painting the living room, I had managed to move a box over and kind of lost power in our living room. Right. And the receptacles that are are or were used, the uh boxes that they're mounted into, first of all are metal because that's all they had back in the sixties. And they're smaller than even metal boxes that you might be using today. Mm-hmm. So the problem is if you're, you know, pulling out an outlet so that you can paint around it, or in our case, we were pulling off uh, wood paneling. Yeah. When you go to reinstall that receptacle, it, you know, the it needs contact, to be aligned. The contacts might get a little bit close to the metal box. And that's what happened. Yeah. Which kind of so, got us a little concerned. Okay, got me more concerned than anything else. So Right, because I'm just a little bit more used to that aspect of things with my background. Right. So we called up Econ, and we thought it was just because the house, we're using the house differently than the previous owners. You know, we've got the stove going at the same time. We got a couple lights going on, you know, as we're coming home. You got the kitchen lights on. You got the bathroom lights on, the living room, hallway. Microwave. Yeah, you've got a lot of things kind of going around, and it kind of felt like we were drawing more power than what our little tiny box could handle. And of course, it wasn't because of a lot of the um, styles and technology that we are using is way more energy efficient than what it was 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. So um, we've been, you know, doing the usual changing out light fixtures and replacing bulbs with LED lamps. So yeah, we're we're using actually far less electricity than we would have in previous years. Oh, excellent. Good to know that. The The other p- problem was our panel was very small and it was full. So we, yes. have, we have no room of expanding to do other things. Right. So yeah, we got a new panel. We got a 200 amp panel. Ben would probably know what kind of panel we have. It's a square D. QO. All right. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's shiny. It is very shiny. Very shiny. It's brand new. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we got a new electrical service, and the nice thing is, is it was done relatively quick. Um, I want to say less than six hours. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was quite simple. They came in early in the morning and cut power to the house and just started their little work of removing panels and pulling out old stuff and slapping in some new stuff. And uh, you know, we we want to be good customers as well. And that's one of the things that we've learned talking to a lot of vendors is the more the homeowner can do to prepare for that, that work to be done, the smoother mm-hmm. it is for them and the better work they can do because they don't have to work around us. Right. And the nice thing is we made sure all the vehicles were pulled out of the garage, all of the um, shovels, garden hoses and everything was off the wall. So that way they could have clear access to what they needed to. Right. And it made their day go a whole lot easier. Yeah. Um, let's see. And we, we did kind of prep for 
to, to make it easier if we wanted to add a generator. Mm-hmm. So whether it was a portable roll-around uh, generator or a whole home with the large transfers, transfer switch, so they could easily accommodate us in the future. Right. And then with the new panel, so we've got more more service power, we could add things like an um, upgraded well service. So if you wanted to go with a more powerful 240-volt well pump, you know, we could plug that in. Right. Uh, Right. Well, we're looking at getting rid of the gas dryer and going to an exactly. electric dryer. So mm-hmm. again, just having that that availability in the panel to do that was tremendous. And the next thing I want to say kind of speaks to when also like buyers go look at houses or understanding um, home inspections is that code has changed drastically even in the last 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. So even though our, our house was built to a decent code, you know, code has changed. And so now getting the upgraded service, we can better comply with those safety features. Right. Um, and and there, there are things like using a GFCI and an AFCI breaker. So we don't necessarily have to have one of those little outlets with the test reset thing on it. It does the same sort of thing, but at the panel. Right. Which is more efficient. And then we can more service receptacles throughout the house under, you know, like an arc vault protection. So what we had found that did trip our breaker when we took the paneling off that you were talking about, Mm -hmm. um, that would have tripped faster. So we had good system and it caught the fault, you know, but with the arc vault breakers in the new panels, you know, they can catch them faster and it's even more safe. And also, you know, like running dedicated receptacles just maybe one for the uh, refrigerator and one a separate one for just the washer you know that's part of the new code now Mm -hmm. you know so those types of things and you might hear that on the home inspection talk a lot about double tapping wires and stuff so having the new panel with more space you can really separate that out and it's a lot safer right right so I'm excited for it. I know. So that was kind of fun to have done this last week. And, you know, big thanks to Econ for getting us on the books and getting it taken care of relatively quickly. I yep. think it only took them two weeks by the time yep. that we scheduled for to right? to um, completion. I think it was two weeks. And it wasn't as expensive as I thought it would be either. No. So it was it was pretty reasonable price. And we don't get any discounts or anything. We're not sponsored. It's just a local company that we ran into, and they're well-known in the area for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually had a buyer of a property that's closing soon have their electrical service upgraded um, and right about the same price for that service as well. Right, and we ran into a little bit of a supply situation with the other house, right. but that was remed- remedied pretty quickly. Um, there was... Someone that was looking out for us on that one, and they were able to find the part and get the part in. But, you know, again, depending upon what the supply is, and we're hearing that time and time again from other contractors, is the supply chain is kind of hit and miss to whether or not they can actually get the parts in. So, again, you know, we always ask buyers and sellers just to be a little bit patient and understand that there are some things that are not part of our control. Right. And I, I think, especially. This time of year where uh, people, okay, some people are pressed to still get into a house because they, they have a, a job move or something, um, but there's far less of it than what there was during the summertime, mm-hmm. you know, as they're looking toward, oh, I got to get the kids into school and we've got to get everything set up. Gone kind of are the days where we can say, you know, why don't we just go live in the camper at the campsite and, and go do that route while the house is getting worked on? It's getting a little chilly unless you happen to get a camper that is dedicated and treated for wintertime use. Right. You know. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. So we did a couple other things in the house. We talked about painting. We did a lot of painting. Mm-hmm. So our, our living room and our kitchen are now relatively the same color, just a different shade. We're not sure really what color it is. It's a, it's a blue-gray. Well, I got it from the gray section. Both colors came from the gray section. Uh-huh. But once I got them on the walls, 
they almost look identical and they almost have like this blue undertone. Right. I mean, it's kind of peaceful. It's very relaxing, but it just kind of makes you go, what color is it really? Because you can see the blue and you can really see the the light gray. Right. So we've got a unique, unique situation going on in our living room and there are two different colors from our living room to our kitchen. But it doesn't look like it. No. One, the living room is actually a sh- two shades darker. Okay. And the kitchen is, again, like two shades lighter from, from everything. But we've got our kitchen wall that meets our living room wall. And they look like they're the same color. Like identical. Right. And, but they're not. And like when we talked with Renee about staging your house and one of the you know, easy upgrades is to get it painted. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's certainly easy as far as cost. It doesn't cost a whole lot to paint certain rooms in the house. Um, it's, you really have to bring that paint sample into the room. Which we did. Right. We had it in the house for a good two months. Because when we bought the house, the gray that we picked out, I felt was just a little bit too darker. Okay. So I went with a little bit lighter of a gray and it's almost bluish white. And, you know, learning so much of it really depends on what paint is just underneath it because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't necessarily bleed through, but it does have an impact on your, your color that's, that, that you look at. So we're trying to get rid of the brown that was in the living room and it was a good dark earthy brown. Right. And then in the living room, in the kitchen, we're trying to get rid of our baby Yoda green. Most people call it avocado green just to give a little bit different colors out there. But yeah, I'm trying to hide a, an avocado green with a gray and it's going well. Yeah, it's not too bad. Now, the other thing we did was got new light fixtures. Mm-hmm. So I did uh, some quick installation or reinstallation of some light fixtures. And we opted for a, a different theory with our dining area. So we've got it the Eden dining area in our kitchen. And so we opted to not do the traditional hanging chandelier. Right. We went with putting it flat up against the ceiling and just doing a ceiling mount. Right. And it's a a globe style fixture Mm -hmm. with a little bit of wrought iron on it. And the globe is actually like a bubble glass. Yeah. A bubble glass. Um, I don't think it's glass. I think it's actually plastic. It's something. It's washable. Yes, and you you really wanted something that can handle the kitchen environment? Right. The last house we had, we had the beautiful track lighting in it. Right. Which really did like, I'm not going to, track lighting is for, you know, certain people. But the amount of cooking we do and the amount of grease that's in the air, um, I think a couple times when you went to go change out those light bulbs, I'm surprised it didn't start a fire because it was just caked and covered in grease i clean tried to clean it once and i think i just had to scrape off the grease and i know that sounds really disgusting but yeah and it wasn't quite that bad because i've been in professional kitchens that were far greasier yes i agree (laughs) but it just wasn't yeah it just wasn't easy to clean so we we thought thought ahead and that's what we're really trying to do with our projects now as we get older is use from our experience and think ahead to make it, you know, living easier, more convenient, um, mm-hmm. more safe, perhaps. Well, the other thing we looked at with the you know, over the top of the dining room table, the table now can float just a little bit more because with the water issue in the basement, we had moved the table and everybody kept hitting their head on this chandelier. Yeah. And so it was kind of, well, if it wasn't hanging then no one would bump their head. We can move the table just a little bit more and the light doesn't have to be centered or the table doesn't have to be centered. We can move the table kind of where we feel like it needs to be. When we also do a lot of activities at the table and our table is countertop height. Right. So there's a lot of standing around the table mm-hmm. and now you've got this chandelier in your sight path. Right. So we got some really nice uh, LED Edison style bulbs. Mm-hmm. And uh, see, we went with uh, daylight, so they're about 5,000 Kelvin, the, the more blue end of the spectrum. Excellent. Yeah. So, and, and you like that, and it's really good for um, general lighting like, like this in an active environment. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm more of a fan of the more 
amber color lights, especially in like the sit down and chill environment. So like bedrooms and the living, living room, room, you know, it's, I think it's more calming and whatnot. The super bright white just, it gets to me a little bit, but it's, it's okay. It's workable when you're doing, you know, active things like cooking and, and when I want decorating. to be able to see what I'm doing, I, you know, the amber lighting is mm-hmm. meant for certain times, but when I'm trying to actually see and do things, it's nice to have bright lights. And we don't have frosted shades on these lights now in the kitchen either. No. So that really helps with the, uh, how should I say, quality of the light mm-hmm. um, as far as softness. So it's not as soft, it's, it's more harsh. It gives very harsh shadows. But that's also good because you know that you can move just a little bit and your shadow is completely out of the work surface that you're, that you're looking at. Right. So yeah, just some, you know, musings about light and paint. Mm-hmm. Um, that also helps because of the, you said the, the gray walls. So it makes them a different color almost than if you were to shine the more amber colored light bulbs on them. Yeah. So, you know, we're moving forward with a lot more house projects. I think it's going to slow down now. I think the next focus inside the house is going to be bathrooms. I believe so. I think we're going to be getting rid of that tub and really be focusing on trying to get into that low step in shower or when the time comes of not being able to, you know, pick up your leg more than eight inches off the ground to be able to get into the shower to take a shower, you know, having some more easily accessible showering units would be awesome. I think it's just more convenient even before then, Mm -hmm. you know. Of everyone who is ambulatory and can just bounce in and bounce out. Right. You know, we always get the question. I mean, it was posed to us once we mentioned it. You know, well, what happens when the grandkids come over or younger kids come over? Well, we can always find a plastic bin and fill it with water and stick it in the shower. So that way they have still have a place to take a bath or, you know, just to play around, splash around in water. Mm-hmm. There's other options out there. And I've never really been a... A bath person? No. Um, I, I like my bath water hot. So give me a hot tub and I'm good. Right. You know, but then try to incorporate that and have a jacuzzi tub that you fill and empty every time. And I don't know, it's just not for me. Right. So yeah, the, the bathroom that and uh, swapping out parts of the vanity and then eventually we'll move to the second bathroom once that gets sorted at the first bathroom and start moving laundry stuff. Yes, that'd be awesome. So again, then we don't have to go down the stairs for our laundry. No, but I think we'll probably just leave the laundry hookups down there just in case, you know, you never know if you want to hook up a second pair, you know, keep another set back down there. So that way, you know, you have a backup, a backup system just in case. Or if, you know, we happen to sell the place, the new owners come in and they have hunting gear, Mm -hmm. you know, they can have a dedicated laundry for more really, really dirty items. Yeah. So looking for the future. Yeah. One of the favorite, becoming now one of my favorite portions of our show is talking about styled, staged, and sold blog from the National Association of Realtors. Awesome. This is also probably my favorite part too. Good. Just gives me ideas of what to do with our house. Right. So you can go to the website nar.realtor. And just type in styled, staged, and sold, and you can go through their entire archive. And I usually try to take these and throw it on our Facebook page as well. Excellent. So we're getting down to the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually we, we do the we thankfulness and stuff like that, and also the countdown lists and all that jazz. Um, this one is part of the Best of Best series from... Ooh. Right, from a, a staging training company. And let's see, it, it, it was in the description. Here it is. Uh, the staging training company is called The Home Staging Resource. I'm sure they do like a magazine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is Best Home Staging Makeovers, Earthy Vibes, and Textured Fabrics. Ooh. 
right? So this was compiled by Audra Slinky. Um, the first one is Wallpaper Star. Interesting. You're intrigued, aren't you? Yes. Okay. So Lindsay Mikado of Designed with Grace and Joy is the name Grace and the name Joy, right? They're in Temecula, California. She wanted to show off a few changes that could have a dramatic effect in a small bathroom remodel. It went from an original blue wall paint and marble-looking floor tile. Again, think 80s, 90s. And they did an anthropology wallpaper to become the focal point behind the bathroom mirror and vanity. Um, It's kind of that Victorian style of wallpaper. Okay. And in this case, it was more earthy tones. Oh, that's done very nicely. I mean, it looks like a bunch of vines. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But of course, as you zoom in, you get more detail. And um, yeah, it's it's very much a visual texture thing as well. You know, of course, they changed up light fixtures and did a luxury vinyl plank, plank floor. Luxury vinyl plank floor. That's always hard to say. Mm-hmm. LVP. Modernized the toilet and... You know, we trimmed the window with new shades and whatnot, but they they kept a white vanity and swapped out to a black vanity top with okay. white undermount sink. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, more modern, contemporary. Mm-hmm. Odes to the City is the next one. Uh, Kirian Ginzi of Hazel Eye for Design in... Mandeville, Louisiana, recently staged a Queen Anne-style home in the heart of New Orleans that was more than a century old. It had the, quote, most magnificent windows, allowing for the gorgeous outdoors to come right in. Ginsey said, I rearranged furnishings in the dining room to allow the windows to frame the room and the fireplace to remain the focal point. I also added some excitement with color to the home by incorporating some good old New Orleans charm with art, rugs, and accessories, unquote. She kept the formal living room intact with the piano and also added special touches, including an old framed map of New Orleans, as well as a as some uh, local street car art. Yeah. So course it's it's hard to see on the radio but yeah the wood floors you know got refinished Mm -hmm. really maintained the focal point of the fireplace and you think down in new orleans and louisiana these old old plantation and victorian homes you know they they were the heart of the home was the fireplace right um usually it it got well matched with the kitchen so you could cook on it as well So keeping those old world touches, especially in a, a house that's old world, you know, like you said, you, you haven't lived in a Victorian home, but it, it's kind of hard to style a Victorian home in like a mid-century modern. Right. It, it just doesn't fit. Right. There's just certain things you just don't put into it. Although, you know, in the the more less formal living spaces, like maybe the living room and the bedroom. Throw in a lot more modern finishes, you know, like um, the, the bed frame itself and the pillows and duvets and that type of thing. Correct. Cool. So what's next is, it's called Dated to Modern. Mary Diaz of Icon Home Staging in Naples, Florida. They went from a Tuscan influence in the home. It required a total renovation, including new flooring, wall paint, fireplace accent tones, furnishings, and accessories. She says, quote, The beautiful wood mantle was custom-made and stained to match the flooring. I choose, uh, chose a no, <clears throat> excuse me, neutral design palette consisting of wood tones, off-white, and grays in rich textures. The beauty of this home was once again revealed. And yeah, looking at the pictures, it, it really did go from a uh, modern Tuscany sort of, again, 90s. Right. To something that, that's very much more modern with, um, instead of the the yellows and really 
dark tans that, that were yellow-based. Now is a light cream, mm-hmm. light beiges. Um, and, and I think them swatch, swapping out the light bulbs, again, like we talked earlier today mm-hmm. about having that amber lighting versus the natural white lighting made a huge difference. Um, and, and someone had mentioned, I, I, I also go on the YouTube and look at, you know, staging people and ideas and home decor, whatever. Uh, perhaps it was there. But they said that the lampshades are a huge impact on the color cast as well. Mm-hmm. So if you got lampshades that are really, really yellow, things start to get almost stained. You know, it starts to look like there's been a smoker in the house for 50 years. Well, and too, and looking at, at the picture a little bit closely, they, instead of the built-in shelves that went all the way across, they broke that up and then did it in several different areas to kind of give that little bit of a ladder look to it. It went to multi-level floating shelves. Right. Which kind of opened up that space so that way your eye doesn't go all the way right to that shelving where it's got the um, big decor piece. Right. And some simple changing out of the built-in bottoms. Um, they they kept the boxes and the most of the, the built-ins there, they just gave it a facelift by painting the carcass and putting in different doors, door panels. Um, it looks like they leveled it up a little bit and added some drawers at the top mm-hmm. as well. Um, and this one, they completely redid the fireplace. They went from the, uh, looks like the 18-inch square marble, um, what do you call it, tiles, you know, to glue on the face. Again, very 90s. And they moved it to more modern uh, white and gray colored brickwork. Oh, yeah, very good. Uh, the next one is Coastal Themed. This is Meg Glynis of Mainsail Home Design LLC in New Jersey. They staged this newly built vacation home with a timeless coastal look. They built a niche furnishing and decor of this multi-million dollar oceanfront home, often called upon by builders to furnish and decorate homes intended as rentals. So it's got a little bit of a hotel feel. Um, looks like they used multicolored drapery as well. And of course, everything has got a more vibe focusing on the windows looking out to the waterfront. Mm-hmm. You know, looking out onto the sand and the beach and keeping the interior so subtle, I guess you could say. You know, almost minimalist that it, it doesn't really detract from the view outside. Right. And then kind of matching the look outside to kind of match. So it kind of like all blends in very nicely. Right. Using the same colors and tones of color. Um, the, the thing is, when you get to the coast, the colors don't change as much as they do when you're in the Midwest. You know, when we have all six seasons, you know, road construction, orange everywhere and all that jazz. But, you know, we, we do have significant color changes outside. Mm-hmm. where they don't necessarily get that on the coast. Right. So that was well done. Um, another thing I, I noticed here in the picture is the furnishings. So keeping the color of the furniture muted, um, they chose some light grays, and that really goes well with just, you know, the the cast of the oceanfront outside. You know, being kind of, like, like you said, our, our walls here in our house are now sort of a bluish gray. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next one is an inviting rental. Ooh. Sarah Greco of Simply Sarah Designs in Hopedale, Massachusetts, uh, partnered with the realty firm. They recently took on a staging job for a rental. Looks like they also service hotels and short-term rentals in the Airbnb focus in Alberto, Massachusetts. So yeah, this one was, um, just going through the pictures here real quick, definitely focus on, on rentals and amenities, keeping the place comfortable when you walk in. Um, interesting to see that they've got baseboard radiant, um, like a hydronic water heat. Okay. Of, of course, my eyes go right to the, the technical things cause that's just what I've been doing, <laughs> but it's a lot more of the tan with the white trim. Mm-hmm. So again, in Massachusetts, very hotel, right? 
Right. And, and it's, it's just got that vibe. Like it's been staged and, you know, it's super comfortable, but it's, you know, not something that a lot of people would seem to want in their cozy, comfortable ranch house in the Midwest. Right. You're not going to see the 10 year old running and jumping on that couch. We hope not for a rental. Right. Um, and that's one of those things, if you're looking at doing a furnished rental, if you're curious about, you know, that part of real estate, consider the use of the furniture mm-hmm. and how expensive is it to replace or repair. Yep. So, And even the bathroom, you know, with, with nice amenities, you know, towels and stuff all hanging around and the towels color complement like the wall color and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And again, they, they kept with the vanity of a neutral sort of almond white with more of the, the mid-tone tan walls and a nice round mirror. I believe it's got like a bronze or gold trim around it and a nice oval. You know, so all these can really be complementary. Right. You know, that's one of the things that we look for in our bathrooms is a, a good mirror. Yes. So the next one, this is going to be the last one for the article. Okay. It's layers of texture. So Tina Lester out of Lester Home Staging and Design in Gloucester, Virginia, I believe, uh, worked with Home Flipper on this recent property redo. She had several different design patterns and textures to enhance the home's look. And there's some little vignettes that they show, um, you know, just like an entry area, the pop of color, you know, the background is like a, a white wall with, you know, the... um a small sitting chair as you would have in an entryway in a lamp. The lamp is uh, fairly uh, thin, almost like... I almost thought that was a coat rack because it's got a hat. Okay. It could be a lamp too. Just a quick look, but the same type of thing. Right. So uh, the thin wrought iron coat rack or the thin uh, pencil stemmed lamp, you know, with a a nice floor um, shade on top. Mm -hmm. And then a pop of color here and there, you know. Textures, what what does the bedroom one look like? Um, the bedroom looks like it's just ready for, you know, afternoon tea. <laughs> it's nice and plush. Oh, okay. Well, I was just going with they've got the teacups and the flowers and on a serving tray. I'm like, okay, it's tea time. Right. You know, and they, they juxtapose juxtapose the flowers and the teacup on the wicker basket, but it's on the very plush bed with the uh, comforter and duvet and whatnot and the pillows that are just ready to dive into so even um like this one over here of the living room with the wood floor they took the color of the wood floor and also did a wooden top with wrought iron base coffee table and all of their their chairs too leading into the kitchen has got that nice thin rod iron look too. Because if you look at the rug, you've got the nice fine straight lines, which kind of blends right on into all the chairs in the the coffee table as well. Right, exactly. And even their furniture matches. I mean, the the gold tones with the sitting chair next to it mm-hmm. kind of blends right on in. So it just kind of looks like chairs are floating. And of course, with these, I, I keep noticing the drapery or the lack of drapery and really removing the the thick amount of curtains that was popular during a certain time and now going to a, a minimalist mentality with drapery. Mm-hmm. Um, you can really show off the the casing and the moldings inside your house because they're not covered by drapes. Right, kind of gone away is having that triple layer of fabric mm-hmm. for your curtains. You know, you normally had the sheer and then you had the outer, you know, heavier quilted something. And then you got the valances yet too on top of it just to kind of hide all the curtain rods. Kind of gone away is that. It's more of the simple of just straight, here's the curtain. You know, right. either be like a sheer or a blackout curtain. A lot of... Areas are starting to get a little bit popular with that of having the blackout because, you know, different times of people go to work and they need to have the room a little bit darker. And it's it's more of a statement piece again, because you can get uh, a different textures in the curtain. It's not always just the the lace style like you've been talking about. You know, mm-hmm. um, they've also been mounting the 
curtains uh, almost full height of the wall. So mounting them higher instead of just at the top window trim. Right. You know, mount them up 10 inches or so or however close you can get to the ceiling. Yeah, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we keep seeing the, these repeats of designs. And it's really neat when we get a chance to go locally into a house that's gone through uh, an update and a redo. Um, kind of two styles that we see are the the houses that have been redone recently because the family wants to live there and live in that style versus the fix and flip sort of cosmetic redo, which are still done very well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a little bit two different mentalities. And then staging in both of those is equally interesting because the people seems to, uh, if they do the redo and want to stay there, They'll get the professional stager in a lot of times, and it's uh, more of a higher price point home usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fantastic. It is. So we've got Thanksgiving weekend coming up. Right. We also are looking, we're heading into the deer hunting season. Yes. So again, you know, deer hunters, please stay safe. And be wary if you're out and about walking acreage. Yep. If you're showing vacant land, you know, please make sure that you do grab your orange, even though you don't have a gun, but let's just make sure that everybody is staying safe this weekend. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, as a preemptor to Thanksgiving and the holidays, we are thankful for everyone that we've worked with and certainly in the community as well. Mm-hmm. You know, there've been quite a few people who have been on the, the podcast radio show here. And, yes. Um, it's also exciting that the radio station is moving to a new location. Yes, and we'll have we'll talk a little bit more about that yeah, in de- the next coming days. De- December first, I believe, is an open house and ribbon cutting. Correct. So excited for that. Yes. Um, stick around, stay tuned. Hour two is coming up in a little bit. All right, sounds good. Um, until then, if you're curious about listings in the area, head over to myrapids.com. And you can check out the local listings. You can drop down some more info and check out your information and the uh, the blogs and the podcasts that we've done. How can they get a hold of you? They can give me a call at 715-323-2577. And that's also a very textable number. So just in case you're into texting, you can text me at that number as well. All right. We'll see you soon. All right. You guys have a great Central Wisconsin day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.